Welcome to Coffee and Divination, a podcast about the arts of obtaining hidden knowledge in changing times. Join me, Joanna Farrar, to chat with experts from around the world on tarot, runes, geomancy, and the many ways divination can help us navigate and plan our paths ahead. So welcome back to the show, and welcome to our very first solo show. So it will be on a topic that I am very passionate about, which happens to be the relationship of divination to community and how we can get our best divinatory and magical results when we have a better understanding of the keys to having good relationships with our divinatory tools and the spirits of those tools. It will also tie into something I'm very excited to announce that is being added to Coffee and Divination, a new offering in addition to the podcast. So I will get started by um, first talking about my view of what divination involves and how it's related to the concept of animism and that what I think are five keys to developing excellent relationship skills when it comes to those tools that we work with regularly. The first thing to address is that in my view, divination is in itself a relationship-based activity. I think historically, it's always been a relationship-based activity, which we can talk about, and that it is animistic at its root. Animism is a potentially, uh, well, dangerously trendy word right now within the occult community, within Wicca, as well as all other forms of paganism. I think it's good that it's a topic that's being discussed and brought into um, really the public eye in a, in a much stronger way. That view of everything as being in, imbued with soul, imbued with spirit. So all the objects that we encounter in, in the world, whether they are traditionally thought of as alive or not, in an animistic viewpoint, are imbued with some form of personhood, with some form of consciousness. The term is relatively vague and therefore problematic. Um, also, the history of the term is problematic because it kind of was very much part of 19th century views of you know, otherness and lower forms of culture and all sorts of oof, not so great 19th century survivals. Um, we could talk about that another time. Gordon White has a number of different uh, talks about that. But I do think that as a concept, it's super valuable and I'm so very glad that it's being discussed. It is very much a part of our tradition of witchcraft that I've practiced with my coven, the North Wildwood Coven, for over 20 years, and something that I think is essential to nature-based practices like Wicca. Now, if we're talking about everything around us having personhood, having spirit, then obviously the divination tools that we work with are ensouled, are inspirited. Now, what that spirit is and who you're talking to, you'll probably remember if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I've asked a number of my guests what their views of that is. It's one of those questions I, I love to get different people's opinions on. When we throw cards or draw rune stones out of a bag or generate geomantic figures, even if we do this completely alone in our room, we are participating in a conversation with some other. We're asking for advice from someone or something. Some people think of these as elements of their own deep subconscious or the collective unconscious. Other people think of it as archetypes or archetypal energies that might work through the cards or be imbued in the cards or the, the figures. Um, for others, it's the idea of deities or lesser demigods or demi-spirits that might be speaking through those tools to us or our higher guardian angel spirits or other aspects of the divine that are speaking through them. However, 
whatever form of otherness you uh, feel is speaking to you through this, you are having a conversation of sorts with something, with someone. Hence the need when you sit down to divine to be in the right headspace, to be in a good, clear headspace in order to formulate your question, ask it succinctly, and to understand the symbol set well enough that you're working with in order to receive that answer. And then sometimes the most tricky of all to interpret what the guidance is from those symbols. All of that can be done from many different standpoints and is done differently within lots of different cultures throughout history. Whether that conversation is, you know, a city-state official from Athens being sent in the ancient world to the Oracle at Delphi to understand what should be done about defending their city from invaders or a city-state that is determining where or when to found a new colony or it's any one of us asking about our jobs or our relationships or how to help each other um, through our lives. It is still always about our relationships to others and we are asking an other to give us some guidance. So since it's about relationships, really at its heart, having good divinatory skills does hinge on having good relationship skills. Ah, oh, wow, I know. So it's not just learning the symbols. It's not just learning the names and the interpretations. It's not just being able to meditate or clear your mind or do whatever you've heard you need to do. It all comes down to how we interact with those spirits and those guiding forces behind it, and also how we interact with each other as spirits in our day-to-day -day lives. So what do I see as the five keys to developing good relationship skills with our divinatory uh, tools? All of these hinge on respect. Respect in our tradition of witchcraft is incredibly important. We see it as linked to the traditional Wiccan concept of perfect love and perfect trust, which uh, is obviously something that we all strive for. In my own opinion, I don't think we ever as incarnated mortals can truly achieve it the way that we want to, but we are always striving towards it. And that does hinge on respect. The first key for me is the respect that we show to our tools to research and learn as much as we can about them. So if I have a new friend or someone who's coming into my life or someone that I, that I want to develop a relationship with, it is on me to learn something about them, to be able to interact and relate to them a little bit easier. That generally makes our friendships or our relationships a little bit easier. So when you're first learning about a tool, the first step is to do your homework and not to say you have to become an expert before you start sitting down to practice, but simply that you're showing the tool the respect that it takes to do some research, to do a little bit of that first dive into what makes them tick and how they like to interact, how they are best used. The second key is to practice regularly. There is a stanza in the Havamal which has been with me since I first joined the coven as a student. So this is back when I was 18, and it's stanza 119 of the Havamal, which is the words of, of Odin. I won't go into the details of that, but it's a very ancient text. And stanza 119 in uh, the Patricia Terry translation reads, if you have faith in a friend of yours, go to find him often. Brushwood and grass will soon grow high on a road no travelers take. That is something that I've taken very seriously in my life, that I value my friendships and I try as best I can to uh, pay attention to those friendships and those relationships that are very important to me. 
I think that that is something that we all obviously do our best um, to pay attention to those people and those relationships that that give meaning to our lives and that that give sustenance to us. And the same goes for our, our uh, divine relationships and our relationships with our divinatory um, spirit team, shall we say. You have to fare to find your friend often if you want to develop that relationship, which means you need to make some sort of a plan to sit down regularly with that divination tool if it's important to you. Now, you can always experiment and find, well, you know what, this relationship is not really for me. I'm not finding that it's clicking. You know, no one's making any oaths, no one's making any promises. But if you do feel that this is something that's important and you do feel that first initial flame, that spark of, yes, this is for me, then you need to make sure that it's consistent and regular. The third key is that um, we have to put in uh, the serious thought after we've done the divination to take the advice, the guidance seriously, to think about it, to spend time interpreting it. For the Greeks, which is inflects a lot of my practice because I practice a form of trance divination and oracle work for my community um, in the style of some Greek seer traditions, we have to, the, the Greeks always viewed uh, the interpretation portion of oracle pronouncements as key. And that also goes down through the oracle stones and other forms of divination that have been practiced in the Greek world and elsewhere. That it is truly the, the work of us as humans to interpret um, the oracles that we receive and that that's actually intrinsically necessary for them. There's a reason why the symbols are sometimes a little bit, uh, well, they are symbols. They have to be interpreted. That's part of our work and that's part of what um, we are supposed to do, we are meant to do as the, the formative experiences of our lives, which means you have to take time for that. And just like in a relationship, you have to take the advice that your friend gives you seriously. That does not mean that just because your friend says to do something, you instantly do it. Uh, maybe you don't do it at all. Sometimes we receive guidance or advice that really just isn't going to fit us. No fate is permanently fixed except well, that's a different conversation, <laughs> but there are always differing interpretations of things. And in my view, different spirits can speak through different tools and maybe have very different views of what your patterns of activity are going to bring you in the future. So you should always consider the advice seriously, but also think of it in a, a, the larger container of your life and experience. As I think Jason Miller put it in the interview I did with him, it's, it's data. It hasn't become wisdom. It hasn't become something that is necessarily guidance. It is at first, it is just data that you are taking in and it's your job to interpret and uh, put it into its proper place in your life. The fourth key is to express gratitude to really, that's, that's another element of that taking the advice seriously, taking the guidance seriously is also to express sincere gratitude. Even if it ends up being guidance that doesn't speak to you and doesn't influence your behavior as directly as like we might see in a movie or in a TV show, it is still valuable and therefore that advice needs to be honored and respected. For myself, part of that respect and that, uh, that gratitude is um, also something that comes before I even ask for the, the guidance, which is that I always make sure that my hands are clean, that I am clean in some way. That's kind of part of that Greek inflection of my practice, although that's a part of a lot of different traditions around the world. Um, it's that I make sure that I am in a 
clean physical state before I ask for guidance, before I interact with the tool. And that also I try to uh, keep my mind as, as calm as I can so that I can receive the guidance in a calm, clean, quote unquote, state. Although nothing is obviously ever uh, pure. So that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But we do our best to show gratitude and respect through how we interact with the tools, both before and after. I also put my tools away very carefully and have special places where they reside. If I'm traveling, which I have to frequently for my work, I make sure that I know exactly where those tools are and I try to keep them with me in a place that's going to be safe. The last step, the, um, the last key for me, key number five, is to act responsibly and also to take some action to accept the oracle. This is something um, that for me means if I really, really like <laughs> the vision of the future that I've gotten from the cards or from the Oracle stones, I do something to internalize that. Uh, I always write down, oh, always write down um, all of the guidance that I've gotten from my divination tools, which is part of that gratitude, I think. But I also then, particularly if it is something that I like and I think I'm going to act on in order to try to help that come into my life and, and really come true, I will, uh, sometimes I will create something that I can then ingest out of it, whether that is that I will you know, bake something and then draw the rune or the oracle symbol or some other you know, symbol associated with the omen that I've received onto that. Uh, or I can do something as simple as taking a sacred drink making sure that I'm in ritual headspace and placing that um, symbol through energy manipulation into what I'm going to ingest and then taking it into my body to, to say that, yes, I accept this. I accept this vision of my future if it's something that I like. But regardless, it is that I am also acting responsibly in the world and either acting on it and saying, oh, okay, so this is something that I want to happen. This is giving me tangible advice of what I should do. Like, for example, if I got, um, using the Greek Oracle Stones, if I got A for Apollo, uh, in all things you'll do quite well, which is alpha, the letter A, um, that, that implies action and activity, which might mean if I've asked about whether I should do a thing, maybe that in order to make sure that I am signaling to the spirits that I appreciate that good omen, I will take some small action towards the goal that I was asking about immediately to say yes. Thank you. I take that seriously and I will take your advice and I will begin to act. Or if I got the opposite and the, you know, the cards or whatever seem to be telling me to wait, then I will ritually kind of accept and say, if I choose to go along with it, I will accept in some way and say, all right, I will briefly wait at this time and do, perform some action to accept that omen. What that looks like is different for each person, and I'd have to go into a lot more detail with that. And perhaps if there's interest in it, I will, in a future show, talk about kind of what that accepting the oracle or accepting the cards means for me, as I've had that conversation with a number of guests, and it is a fascinating, fascinating thing to talk about. Those are the five keys. So basically, looking at your relationship with the divination tools as a relationship that you need to give time and attention and care and respect to. It will also deepen and change over time. The more that you wear that path to your friend's door, the more that you respect and gain knowledge about your friend, the easier those messages will come through to you, the easier time you'll have interpreting those messages.
The other thing that has always helped me with divination has been the community of my coven, which I am so happy and proud to be co-high priestess of. And that's what this whole podcast grew out of, was that those coven retreats where we would sit, and we still do every summer, (laughs) sit on the deck and read for one another and talk about the arts of divination and get to meet different decks that different members have brought with them to the retreat. And as I was talking about this with my co-high priestess, Denise, my very close friend, who we've practiced together for 20 years now, we were talking about it and I realized that I want to open this sense of community that is the heart of why I formed this podcast up to other people who have become the community of listeners of this podcast. I have appreciated your support through these couple of years that I've had this podcast so far, and I intend Um, God's willing to continue it for a very long time. I have many guests on the books already that I'm excited about in the next couple of months. So what I will be doing is creating a Patreon, which should be live by the time you're listening to this. And if you become a supporter through that Patreon page, you will be invited to a once a month meetup of different people. We're going to do a webinar and each month it'll be very informal and I will have a guest co-host with me. And we're going to talk kind of off the cuff Um, a little, you know, more informal, certainly than the (laughs) podcast itself. We'll probably have cups of coffee or tea with us. And we will also accept questions from people that are patrons. So if you join in and you have a question that you'd love for us to throw cards on or throw runes on, um, you can do that and we will read for you and can't guarantee we'll get to everybody or every question. And we'll also just have kind of uh, more informal conversations about divination and what's been working for us and what hasn't and what forms of divination we're all being drawn to and what those relationships are looking like in our lives. I think that divination is key to having successful magic and to forming beautiful, strong, healthy relationships to lots of people in our lives and to lots of spirits in our lives. I think that it uh, is a very crucial and beautiful part of my practice. And I'm so excited to hopefully welcome all of you a little closer to get to know me a little bit more and to get to know some of my my guest co-hosts a little more. The first one will be later in April. I'll be setting a date and sending that out to the people who are my first supporters on Patreon. So I think that with that, I will bring this to a close for today. And I will hope that you'll join me over on Patreon. And that, of course, if you have enjoyed this episode, that you share it with someone you think would enjoy it as well. And that you also give us a good review. It really does help. I also hope that uh, when you join us over on the Patreon, that you'll be able to join in for our monthly meetups. And if you have other ideas for what you'd love to see on the show, I love to hear from people. When people DM me, it's always really interesting to hear people's perspectives. And I've gotten a couple of different um, guests we've had on the show from people who've written in and told me about other authors and experts that they think would be great to have on the show. So please do reach out. I'm on Instagram at Coffee and Divination. And with that, I'm going to go and get some rest. I've had a lot of concerts in the last week and I need to probably just kind of chill for a little bit before my before my next rehearsals start tomorrow. And uh, thank you for tuning in and I will see you next time. Stars overhead, don't you dare guide.
frozen, the pollen pads bare. Don't wait for me, darling. There's thorns in my